to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Okay. Let's see here. First of all, I have a couple of listener emails that I want to get to that are education-related. And uh, they bring up two very specific things that are that are certainly occurring and things I think that listeners of this show and even parents who, again, are sending their children to American public schools should be aware of. One of them is committee-related. And again, this comes from Sicily in New Mexico, where she basically dove headfirst into a Zoom meeting that had to do with a public education commission and what that means and what that all is. And it's something that I've never even heard of, but uh, I'll get into that in a minute. And another email also from an individual and what they are experiencing regarding their daughters within the school that their daughters are attending. Um, I also have some jab-related things as well, and this phenomenon of quote-unquote back-to-school colds, which, as you might imagine, is another made-up name. Oh, it's just back-to-school colds. That's why children are, are sick now, is because they're all just back to school for the first time, and they're just now getting around each other, and they weren't around each other during the summertime, but now they're all sick, you know, because it's just back-to-school colds. Never been a thing before. What's changed, I wonder? It, uh, it's, it's maddening. It's just beyond maddening. Okay, so let me get to the emails here. And again, thank you for sending these because, as you've heard me say, this is the kind of on-the-ground intelligence that I think matters. And uh, the more emails you can send me regarding this kind of stuff, the better, because other people have to know that they're not alone and that numerous individuals all over the United States are experiencing these very similar things. So first, again, this comes from an anonymous listener, and it says the following, quote, another great podcast and very informative, especially for someone like me with two girls in the school district. Well, thank you. Uh, they continued and said, regarding the pronouns, the high schools in upstate New York area are implementing Google Forms to indicate a preferred pronoun, which is mandatory, along with your name. By the time I found out about it, my daughter already filled it out. But she did share some of the back and forth with the students and teachers. One girl, who identifies as a boy, insisted on being called Snake quote-unquote. Yes, snake. When the teacher refused to call her snake, she cried. And if that's not enough, snake's girlfriend-boyfriend, very confusing, I know, was just found trying to slit her wrists in the restroom two days ago. I'm amazed at the parents when I try to engage them about this stuff. They shut me down and say I'm overthinking it all, and it's a natural progression. They are also the same ones who shake their head at our medical decisions over the last few years, so I shouldn't be surprised. There's a very strange fog of complacency and unwillingness to question things. I can't put my finger on it. The conversation I had last night was especially frustrating, just a day-to-day, go-with-the-flow kind of vibe, unquote. Again, thank you for the email. Part of the 
Marxist plight, as, as you've heard me say, is to introduce a constant state of confusion, in particular among minors. And if you confuse the parents, which can be easily done, then you can, of, of course, ultimately confuse their own children. That constant confusion deteriorates the mind. There are only so many decisions that the human mind can ultimately make when it's fully confused. In particular, again, the, the mind of a minor. And you may recall, again, last week I played audio from a teacher who was supporting this kind of behavior regarding the pronoun usage and all this other nonsense. The entire thing is pretend. And the entire thing is constantly fluid, which is the point. And the, and, and the entire scenario is just Play-Doh. It's just Play-Doh and putty that can be moved around any which way that the controllers see fit. And then the children themselves end up becoming the Play-Doh and the putty, and so do the parents, and so do the teachers, because no one puts their foot down because they don't know the larger scheme, and they have no idea that all of this is fake. It's all pretend. And so when a minor in particular has no firm foundation where they can plant their feet and say this is the truth, you'll have nothing but a constant state of confusion. That's why you see people dress the way that they dress, with the multi, multicolored hair, or shaving their heads, or wearing these kinds of clothes, or you know, radical clothing, or putting tattoos all over their bodies, or whatever it may be. There's, there are always outward signs of inner turmoil that exists with people. You can see it constantly. There are constant outward red flags that exist. And again, the normalization of these kinds of conversations within K-12 environments is beyond problematic because, again, it has nothing to do with anything that resembles the truth whatsoever. It's just a constant state of confusion. So yes, children killing themselves in school buildings is, is not unusual. Children attempting suicide, not unusual. Again, school itself is difficult with the, the different cliques and the peer pressure and the prison-like mentality. All of that's difficult on its, on its own and in its own right, not to mention the introduction of drug use and sexual promiscuity and the pressure to engage in those things in XYZ. But when you add in word manipulation and name manipulation, you end up ruining an individual's born God-given identity which is their first and last name, their, their historic heritage, their family tree, their name heritage. See, that right there is another interesting thing. Ask yourself this question, whether or not you know what your names actually mean. Do you know the origins of your last name on both sides of your family? You know, your mother's maiden name, your father's last, last name, your middle name, and your first name. Do you know that these names have meanings and a heritage associated with them? And in many cases, much like my last name, uh, the spelling will change. If you go back far enough in the lineage of, of a person's name, their, their actual name changes. 
over the course of time. For example, my name, last name is Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S. That's the English tra- translation of the last name Browse, which is German, B-R-O-U-G-H-S. My middle name is Macalla, M-C-C-A-L-L-A, which is Irish and Scottish. And it, too, changed its spelling. It was McCullough with more CHs throughout, much like Peter McCullough, I guess, and then they just changed it to McCullough. The, na- the name Sean, S-E-A-N, <clears throat> excuse me, the spelling is Irish also, even though I'm like 5% Irish. Um, but that, too, specific- the name Sean and the spelling S-E-A-N spe- specifically means child of God. So the point is, is that there's a history lesson in individuals' actual birth names, but when you liquefy that down to nothing and you eliminate it, they lose all sense of their heritage. They lose all sense of where they came from. They lose all sense of, of their own families, uh, you know, the, the entire family tree. That's very problematic because then they have no real identity. The connection to our ancestors matters. It matters. It's a big, big deal. But again, how many people know anything about the lineage of their own last names and the connections that it has to the past? And again, their past family members and what their last names were and where they lived and what goes on. Nope, not today. Shave your head, pierce your body, cover yourself in tattoos. Pretend you're the opposite sex and change your name to Snake. That's that's what's going on with many minors these days. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's the plight of the Marxists. That's the point. is to confuse them to the point where they become dependent on government, they kill themselves, or they become dependent on the pharmaceutical industry. So that's kind of my rant on that to sort of extend their rant also. But again, remarkably unfortunate, not surprising that that Google is doing that, asking for pronouns and and making that mandatory. It's all part of the transhumanist agenda to, again, normalize those kinds of questions on those kinds of forms and then keep track of it so that they know in the future who is compliant and who is not, who's confused and who has their feet firmly planted in the ground of truth, as opposed to all of this liquefying nonsense of identity and this, that, and the other. It's disgusting. Okay, so this next thing came from Sicily in New Mexico. And again, this is something that I have not heard of. Uh, She ended up sort of, I don't want to say Zoom bombing, but she openly attended one of these meetings to listen to these individuals talk. This particular commission is called a Public Education Commission. And again, they had an online meeting apparently, and she decided to participate or at least listen in. And then she sent me a website that describes them. And I want to read this because, like I said, I've never heard of this before. It certainly seems strange. It seems like it's another, just another committee, another group that is infiltrating the larger scheme of American K-12 education and, uh, and sticking their hands in the cookie jar. And as we all know, when numerous committees and groups do that, you end up with nothing but crumbs. 
and it just ends up looking like trash. So I know for a fact in Ohio that the Ohio Department of Education, for example, has numerous committees within that department. They'll have curriculum committees, this committee, that committee, but they also have another committee that's titled the Teaching and Learning Committee. Again, a bunch of people sitting at a table yakking about Marxism and all this brainwashing nonsense, not getting down to the truth about anything. I mean, you cannot talk to these people. You just can't. Uh, they, they've lost their minds and, they, and they, they believe things that just aren't real. And they're driving the entire business into the ground. But as far as New Mexico is concerned, this is New Mexico's public education department and the public education commission. So it says the following here. It says, quote, the Public Education Commission consists of 10 elected commissioners to serve for staggered, staggered terms for four years with no term limits as provided by law. Commission members are residents of the Public Education Commission district from which they are elected. The commission is the authorizer for all state chartered charter schools in New Mexico. Charter schools in New Mexico have the option to be authorized through the school district in which they are located or they may apply to be authorized by the Public Education Commission. Currently, there are 50 state chartered charter schools that have been authorized by the commission. The New Mexico Public Education Commission Charter Schools Division provides staff support to the Public Education Commission. So here's my translation of this. If I had to take a guess, just by, again, perusing the website here, I would say that this Public Education Commission, of course, as they say themselves, is directly related to charter schools. Normally, charter schools operate individually, by themselves, off in the distance. They, they typically don't affiliate with state departments of education in any way whatsoever. But this apparently seems to be a way for their State Department of Education or Public Education Department, as they call it, in New Mexico, as a way to infiltrate charter schools by tricking charter schools into believing that they are in fact dependent on the New Mexico State Department of Education. It's a way for the state to keep their hooks inside of these charter schools. They even, of course, say in their description that these charter schools don't have to apply to be associated with this public education commission. But my question is this, and again, this is for any listener out there who, who may have more information on this than either myself or Sisley does, that, uh, you know, does your state have a public edu education commission like this? Are they specifically affiliated with charter schools in or around your state? And what is it that they really do? Anytime that I hear of a committee or a group or anything like this being formed or one that already exists, I simply say to myself, it's a complete waste of time. It has to be a complete waste of time. It's just more bureaucracy. It's more infiltration. It's more, it's more ways to communize, so to speak, American K-12 education even more by bringing in the community, as you've heard me say, and then gather opinions and gather individuals' perspectives. Again, who votes for these people? 
because they again claim to be individuals who are elected commissioners. Ten elected commissioners to serve for staggered terms of four years with no term limits as provided by law. None of that sounds good. None of it. So I just don't know how many states have these. Again, it's another committee. It's another commission. It can't be a good thing at face value. So that's just a larger question. And again, if you're out there and you live in a state and you're familiar with these commissions or you know somebody who's actually on them, you know, shoot me an email. Uh, tell me a little bit more about it as much as you can. Even Cicely, again, was describing watching this particular meeting and the habits that they were engaging in. And I'll just put it this way. It's about as Marxist as you could possibly get. They were singling out uh, their races. They were singling out their own identities. I'm sure they were using their pronouns, X, Y, Z. These are not well people, but these again are the people that are in charge of education decisions that are being made throughout New Mexico. And yet, New Mexico wonders why they're at the bottom of the list. They're below Washington, D.C. when it comes to proficiency. They have a worse education system than Washington, D.C. That's saying something. But these people, again, believe that their current practices and their current habits are the, are the thing that's going to pull them out of the sewer. And it's just not going to be the case. It just won't. Now, you may recall that in the past, it was certainly, I, th I think, during the winter time. I think this may have been the last time I did this, but I jumped on the Chicago Teachers Union Twitter account. Because if you want to really, again, find out what's going on within some of these sewer environments and how brainwashed these people are, you really have to go to where they like to virtue signal. And Twitter is a great place for them to do that because they love complaining about things. They love whining all of the time. And then they play every single card in their deck that they possibly can. They play the handicapped card, the race card, the money card, segregation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They use all of these things as excuses as to why Chicago as a school district, the Chicago public school system, doesn't have the things that they need to have. This particular video that's on the front page of their Twitter account, again, this is the Chicago Teachers Union, um, says the following. It says, quote, transportation issues impacting our special ed students are unacceptable, but no accident. They are the result of decades of history in a city that is both enormously wealthy and deeply segregated and has yet to deliver on promises of equity for many of its families. I have a quick audio from an alleged teacher describing a situation where, again, a special education student apparently didn't have transportation. Now, they love to use the special education individuals as bait to basically, again, virtue signal, get what they want in the future. But as you know, these people aren't asking the real questions. Why is it that the Chicago public school system is hurting for bus drivers and transportation? Why is it that every school district around the entire nation is hurting for bus drivers and transportation? Ladies and gentlemen, bus drivers are some of the most based people that exist on the face of the planet. 
Many of them tend to be conservative, not all, but many, in particular around where I live. But then again, do they have to get jabbed? Is that mandatory? Do they have to wear a mask on the bus? Is that mandatory? Do they want to play those games of jabbing and masking or else you'll lose your job? Do they, do they want to play that game again? Did they want to play it to begin with, let alone again? And if they're smart enough to know about shedding from those that are jabbed, do they want to drive a school bus filled with jabbed students knowing that they're in close quarters and the likelihood of them getting ill and being shed on is remarkably high? So let me play this audio again because you're not going to hear any of that out of this teacher's mouth. Not a word. It's all about equity and... Oh, it's just too bad that this one special education student couldn't find transportation. My name is Hilario Dominguez. I'm a special education teacher at Peter Cooper Dual Language Academy in Pilsen. This past year was really tough for our teachers and our students. Um, I think about this one student, eighth grader, who didn't have transportation for the first half of the first quarter. So he wasn't able to make it to school. As educators, we do our best to try and provide. Um, provide him an education that he deserved, but he missed an entire half of a quarter um, in eighth grade, which is one of the most important years. But that was hard for him to make up and hard for us to catch him up. Well, the city didn't provide, or should I say the district specifically, didn't provide him transportation. Um, from my understanding, there was a mix-up with paperwork, and because of their process and how long it takes, it took half of a quarter for him to get the transportation he needed to get to school. Um, I should also say this student is part of a hard of hearing program at our school. Uh, so it's really hard to provide him the visual supports that he needs uh, in, in order for him to access curriculum unless it's in person. So he wasn't able to access that for an entire half of a quarter. An entire half of a quarter. An entire half of a quarter, four and a half weeks. So they pluck one special education student who doesn't have transportation for four and a half weeks, and they're complaining about it. Why? Because, again, bus drivers don't want to drive these buses. They don't want to play these rules. They don't want to get jabbed. It's very difficult when you have on the very next Twitter account here, the very next Twitter page of the actual Chicago public school system, CPS, and their first two tweets at the top of their page say the following, getting vaxxed against COVID-19 is the most effective way to prevent serious illness should your child contract the disease. Safe, free, and effective. With checkboxes. And then it says CPS hosts free vaccination clinics and some have the new COVID-19 vaccination. The new one. And then a giant schedule of all the days and the places where you can go get jabbed. I mean, I gotta tell you, these individuals that are complaining about the system around them crumbling, regardless of how specific and minute it may be, like that particular teacher and their individual story with one particular kid. They have no idea that it is they themselves that are destroying it. It's this invisible enemy 
It's this outside entity, this quote-unquote COVID that's the problem, which leads me to this. The excuses that are being made now as to why individuals are getting sick from all of these media outlets, again, these fake doctors, uh, these magazine articles, the Atlantic, Politico, Bloomberg, whatever it may be, is absolutely next level stupid. And this is something, again, that the five docs, specifically Lee Merritt and Dr. Pilevsky, bring up in their most recent episode. They brought up, again, a, a variety of issues, but one of them, which is something that we've been seeing in a great deal of headlines, and I put them on my Gab page and in the war videos that I make, but things like driving. Studies are showing that uh, driving is turning into uh, a serious cause of death when it comes to heart attacks, that driving increases the risks of heart attacks, that consuming supplements and vitamins on a consistent basis is increasing the likelihoods of strokes, myocarditis, rather, and, uh, and heart attacks. And then, of course, just being children that children are at a higher risk of getting strokes and myocarditis because they're just children. And then, of course, there's, <laughs> there's also this commercial that's been bouncing around for a few weeks now, about 30 seconds long, of a little girl, and she's running up to dresses on mannequins in a window, and she's drawing them or trying to draw them, and then she's running down the street. My doctor said I have myocarditis, but now with a machine, and with drugs, I can be treated and I can now become the, the next world's greatest fashion designer. It's absurd. And she's not going to live long enough. She's an actor, of course, because you wouldn't be running if you had myocarditis. But she'll be dead before she ends up being a fashion designer because myocarditis is a death sentence. She'll be alive for six years tops, maybe nine if she's lucky. The normalization of all of this is part of the enemy's plan, and it's keeping the brainwashed and the brain dead in that level of thought as much as humanly possible. There are also people, again, who believe that consuming these newfound drugs that they think are newfound like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc and whatever else, that all of the sudden, that if they take these, then they're just going to be instantly cured. That's not how it works. If people are jabbed, they're going to consistently get sick. That's the way that it works, because their body can't get rid of toxic cells. Now, that introduces this new thing, this back-to-school colds nonsense of children and teachers getting sick now because, again, it's the beginning of the school year. We're about a month into the school year. And, well, it's just back to school colds, and that's just the way that it is because, you know, kids get sick when they're around each other, and they weren't during the summertime, but that's different. But now, all of a sudden, it's September and still 80 degrees outside, but, you know, kids are getting sick because it's just a back-to-school cold. Back-to-school colds never existed. That was never a thing. It was never a phrase, a catch line, a word, nothing. Didn't exist. 
didn't exist, but now it exists. And doctors are using these phrases too. Well, it must be back to school colds. That's, uh, you know, that's a thing and, and that's a thing. It's never been a thing. You've never heard doctors say that in the past. You have children who are jabbed. You have staff members in schools who are jabbed. And now they are in close quarters and they're all jabbed. And the ones who are not jabbed are getting ill because they are around the jabbed. I've, I've beat that dead horse a million times. I'm going to keep beating it because it's the truth. And if a new person listens to this show and hears that, ladies and gentlemen, that's why your child is sick. Assuming they're not jabbed. If they're jabbed, well, they have AIDS. If they aren't jabbed and they're getting ill, it's because they're around the jabbed. They're around diseased people. And that's the way that it works. Which then, unfortunately, leads me to this. This right here is a PR program, public relations program, along with, again, another angle to get people killed. But it's being pushed out and ramped up by AstraZeneca, the very company, again, that creates many of these jabs that have killed and maimed permanently endless people. My mom actually brought this to my attention. She said, I saw this on television, thought you might want to know. It was a quick commercial starring Jeff Bridges talking about this PR stunt called, or this rollout rather, called Up the Antibodies, quote unquote. So I looked it up and here's what it is. This is AstraZeneca-US.com. Introducing Up the Antibodies. Helping the immunocompromised community get back to what they love. So now what they're doing is, is they're trying to normalize being immunocompromised, which means AIDS. They don't want to say AIDS because that has a stigma associated with it. But they're saying, well, if you've had cancer, then you're immunocompromised. If you've had COVID, then maybe you're immunocompromised. So they have a solution to this. So they say. And they use Jeff Bridges, the actor, as the uh, spokesperson for this. They openly say, because he's a trusted voice in, uh, in America and blah, blah, blah. And then unfortunately, again, like I said, they use his story of him apparently having cancer and then getting quote-unquote COVID. No, he's probably jabbed. And he's immunocompromised because he's jabbed probably got cancer because he's jabbed. But they're not telling you any of that. They're just spinning this as much as they can so that you can ask your doctor about ultimately getting jabbed and receiving monoclonal antibodies, which again, have not been tested long term. People do not know what is in them. Countless people have openly stated as, as taking them and they instantly get better, but they don't know what, what it is. They don't know the long-term impact of it. Again, Joe Rogan, Aaron Rodgers, these guys openly talked about taking it. And then you have Dr. Kerry Madej, who does not recommend monoclonal antibodies because there are no long-term studies for them. So here's what the AstraZenecaUS.com website says for up the antibodies. 
It says it's no question that COVID-19 pandemic has forced many of us to significantly change the way that we live our lives. While vaccines are generally considered the best protection against COVID-19, as the world opens up, the reality is that vulnerable populations still have very real cause for concern. If it sounds like this is coming straight from Rochelle Walensky, it's, it, I mean, it sounds like it to me, almost word for word. This propaganda is so thick and so repetitive. Weird. It's almost like they're trying to trick people into killing themselves. Because that's what's happening. It continues, it says, A recent study published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that among U.S. patients hospitalized with COVID-19, immunocompromised adults accounted for a disproportionately high percentage, 12.2% of hospitalizations, compared to an estimated 2.7% of the U.S. adult population. These individuals are also at risk for higher odds of severe outcomes despite their vaccination status. Honest to God, that's next to zero people are being hospitalized as a result of all of this. Not to mention, as I'll link in the uh, description below, and I will link this website in the description below, you can acquire generic Canadian ivermectin at high milligram doses for 150 bucks. 30, 30 pills a box at 12 milligrams per pill for, again, roughly $150 to $180. Not expensive. I'll link that in the description below if you're interested in checking that out. I've purchased some. You might want to do the same. Um, it continues here on the Up the Antibodies website. The development of a long-acting monoclonal antibody has opened the door for additional protection against immunocompromised people. However, awareness of the unmet need for an additional layer of protection against COVID-19 to help protect people who are immunocompromised is still low. And that is the reason why we launched Up the Antibodies, an educational campaign with the goal of empowering the immunocompromised community as they carefully reemerge from the pandemic by educating them on the steps that they can take to receive an additional layer of protection to prevent COVID-19 through a long-acting monoclonal antibody. Honest to shit. Honest to God. They reemerge. They wipe their eyes because they've been in a hole this entire time and they have no idea what's been going on because they've been locked in their rooms or in their homes, getting sick and ill and wondering what's going on in society. This word usage and, the, and this script are just next level nuts. It continues... The nightmare continues. It says, antibodies are Y-shaped molecules produced naturally by the body's immune system. They recognize, bind to, bind to, and neutralize specific viruses and other pathogens. Monoclonal antibodies are produced in a laboratory to mimic or enhance the immune system's response, imitating the body's normal infection-fighting abilities. They have the potential to work within hours making them suitable for use in disease prevention and treatment. Monoclonal antibody therapy was one of the first tools used to treat COVID-19. 
No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was sunshine, cleaning yourself, eating correctly, and then if you wanted to ingest supplements, vitamin C, D3, zinc, you name it. Do you see how they're trying to rewrite history here? In real time, as we're actually experiencing this, it said, quote, monoclonal antibody therapy was one of the first tools used to treat COVID-19. Incorrect. Incorrect. And then they have a chart here. A COVID-19 category and a long-acting monoclonal antibody therapy category. Honest to God, they're trying to throw COVID-19 vaccines under the bus. By then stating that monoclonal antibody therapy is the thing that's going to save people. Neither one of these things is correct. When does it take effect, the COVID-19 vaccine says? A few weeks after vaccination. How about long-acting monoclonal antibody therapy? Potentially within hours. (gasps) That means I need monoclonal antibodies. And all the dummies are going to run to their doctors and go, give me monoclonal antibodies. AstraZeneca says so. And then they'll do it. And what will happen to them in the short and long term? You don't know. Because they love playing Russian roulette. They absolutely love it. Honest to God. As part of the up the antibodies, quote unquote, we're collaborating with well-known, powerful, and trusted voices who are part of the immunocompromised community, healthcare providers, and patient advocacy partners. To launch the campaign, we released an emotional and empowering public service announcement featuring Academy Award-winning actor Jeff Bridges, who contracted COVID-19 while receiving chemotherapy for lymphoma. Jeff's battle with COVID-19 almost cost him his life, so it was fitting that for this PSA, he was able to get back to doing what he loves with some of his favorite people, joining director Scott Cooper and music legend T-Bone Burnett for the first reunion since the making of 2019's Academy Award-winning film, Crazy Heart. No one cares. No one cares. And he probably, again, got cancer because he took the jabs. He got COVID, quote-unquote, which doesn't exist, but he has AIDS now as a result of a compromised immune system. Honest to God. Keep an eye open for this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a medical doctor, but I don't recommend monoclonal antibodies. What's in them? Dead fetal tissue? Probably. A bunch of other weird shit? Probably. I don't recommend it under any circumstance. This is, this is part of the long-term brainwashing that has now occurred with endless individuals. They are so far down the brainwashing rabbit hole when it comes to how the human body really operates that they'll never be able to pull themselves out. But Joe Rogan said it. But Aaron Rodgers said it. But Jeff Bridges said it. So now I should do it. You can't help these people. You can't. 
they're going to keep taking drugs in the, until they can't breathe anymore. And unfortunately, they're going to start pushing this on their children. But Jeff Bridges was on my TV and my kid's sick and they're jabbed. Maybe monoclonal antibodies are the thing that, that they need to, uh, you know, protect themselves. Who knows? Maybe it's another booster shot. Which brings me up to another, another quick story here. Uh, again, my parents tell me a great deal of stuff. Their observations are incredible. My dad was at Walmart, shot me some pictures. I put them up on my Gab account. The old wellness bus was outside of Walmart. Brought to you by Clorox. Clorox is, is funding and sponsoring the old Walmart wellness bus. Bleach, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by Bleach. Honestly. And then on the inside of the Walmart is a giant poster saying, Today in here, you can get all of these shots. And it's a giant list of all of them. Flu, COVID-19, tuberculosis, shingles. Don't forget your shingles shot. Get them all. Get them all, get sick, get dead. That's basically it. And there's something, too, that's happening. In, it has to be in every single state in the United States. And it's different causes of death are increasing, and life expectancy is decreasing. So here's a particular article, again, that was thrown my way from a family member of mine from Missouri, and it's titled, Missouri Life Expectancy Drops to 40-Year Low, but it's driven by COVID-19, it says. Nonsense. It's the jabs. Because what occurred in 2021? The rollout of the shots, the coercion, the death, the injury, etc., etc. It says life expectancy in Missouri dropped to a 40 year low in 2021, a trend driven by COVID 19 deaths, new research finds, or was it hospitals murdering people? It says the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services revealed such findings in its recently released 2021 Vital Statistics Report. Life expectancy in the state dropped to 74.6 years in 2021, down from 75 years in 2020, and 77.4 years from the last pre-pandemic year of 2019. COVID-19 was the third leading cause of death in Missouri in 2021. Was it, or was it malfeasance and medical murder, followed by heart disease and cancer? The report finds that COVID-19 deaths increased by 8.4% in 2021 from 2020, with more than 7,000 virus deaths reported each of the last two years. The pandemic hit hard for the young populations in Missouri. The median age for COVID-related deaths in the state decreased from around 80 in 2020 to 73 years in 2021. The death toll among people 65 who died from COVID-19 more than doubled from 995 in 2020 to 2,432 in 2021. The Delta variant in the summer of 2021 was particularly hard on young people and the fact that elderly Missourians were more fully vaccinated are factors that may have affected the shift to a higher proportion of COVID-related deaths among younger people. None of this makes sense. None of it. 
But what's the number one cause of death? It says the largest percentage increase in deaths by cause in 2021 was for unintentional injuries or accidental deaths from drug overdoses. It says these types of deaths increased by 8.8% in 2021 and nearly 50% since 2011. Accidental injury. Weird. Weird. Medical injury, like being injected and then you accidentally get injured or you accidentally die. They're not accidents. They're giant intentionals. They always have been. They continue to be. I have two more things attached to this that I, that I want to do here. The first is, is I want to play a clip, an audio clip right now, from The Five Docs, the most recent episode from last Thursday. This is Dr. Lee Merritt and Dr. Larry Pilevsky talking back and forth. They're talking about, again, what's in these shots. What they're finding and what they're being told is that messenger RNA is not in these shots. That's poison in itself and doesn't belong in the body. But what's inside of these shots are graphene oxide and metal. Two more, two, again, two other things and hydrogel also. But these are things that do not belong inside of the human body under any circumstance whatsoever. And they go through that along with a couple other things. But again, give this a quick listen. I think that's although did you see the but did you saw those pictures that are coming out of these people that before they collapse, speaking of automatons and zombies and things, and they do this very weird thing where they they look around like they're seeing something on the ceiling and they reach up and then collapse? Yes. They twitch, actually. Yeah. They but they're kind of like it's kind of like one of these weird things out of a out of a theater or a movie. What do you think that is? Yeah. Well, um again, uh the, the the fact that people, how many times in the last year and a half have I said, we should not focus on mRNA and spike protein, guys. There's other stuff in this shot that we yeah. need to be more uh, concerned about. And even some of the outlying labs who are that are studying these vials are finding no mRNA at all. Right. No RNA, no genetic material at all. No genetic material. Right. And so, you know, of course, that's why the, the federal government or CDC or Pfizer, and, you know, that's why they're hesitant to allow for evaluation of these vials, because there's no, none of the vials are actually standardized, which I said almost two years ago, right. that they're not going to be standardized. And my, my concern is that, you know, there, there's actually a similarity between I, I saw a video that showed the convulsions, the actual shaking that happens to animals who get bit by certain snakes. And they showed it side by side to the same kind of looking around and convulsions that you see in people who are reacting to the shots. Yeah. And I also I also believe that the material in the shots is delayed. It's not, it's not, you know, kill shot right away. There's stuff in there that is accumulating, that's doing its thing, that's, you know, that's every time it gets closer to a 5G tower, or anytime it gets yeah. closer to pulsations of electromagnetic radiation, there's another, you know, coalescing of material 
that's causing you know the people to convulse, similar to the way animals convulse after getting bit by a snake. And so I I do believe that Brian Artis was onto something. I do believe that there's a, a poison component of the shot. I do believe that there's been electromagnetic radiation that is uh, an adjunctive stimulant to the shots. And I think people, again, Doris Cahill said it, Dolores Cahill said this very early on, we're going to see massive deaths in the next three to five years. And uh, I believe that's true. I believe it's true. And and I, I think it's the material that's in the shots that we cannot even qualify or quantify. Well, and the one thing they do that all these labs are saying now from La Quinta Columna and the Germans and what Perna Malag said, said, which I still think she's legit, but the, uh, you know, the, um, they said there were only three things in there. There's hydrogel, which Carrie Made said right away, hydrogel, uh, um, oxide. Yeah. The, the graphene oxide, reduced graphene oxide and metal fragments. And the, and, and the graphene oxide varies in, in degree. In other words, some of it was high dose, some of it was low dose that, you know, that makes you suspicious. The other thing is, if you remember that Craig Parta Cooper that looks at all the doses and, and the uh, side effects and relationship. And he showed that there were only five states, you know, if you, if you, Take out the effect of the second vaccine and you just look at the time from the vaccine, not the not and don't get confused about when they had the second one. It shows that in five states, there was a second wave of mortality. He called it the mortality bomb that what you're talking about just then. And it's a delayed reaction. So there's probably one even longer than that. But the the you know, the primary death peak and he showed like and I, I remember California versus Tennessee. Tennessee didn't have a huge peak at first because they didn't have that many people getting shots, but they had this pretty good secondary peak at the six months from the time of the shots. And that didn't, that California had a, a much larger one at first and no secondary peak. Right. Well, so that can't be accidental. So, so I had inside uh, information from someone who worked at Pfizer who actually said a couple of things. One, uh, the boosters were predominantly more of the kill shots than the original first sure. doses. And secondly, she said that um, many of the bad lots were sent to Republican states. Yeah, because I heard that. It because, looks that way. Because, the, the, it, because more of the population in the Democratic states were getting the shot, it would look really, really bad for all these Democrats and this large number of people to all of a sudden just start dying altogether. And so this was calculated, and I believe her when she said uh, that information, because it explains some of what you're, you're describing. Oh, yeah. I think it does explain that. I'm playing that for a variety of reasons, and I, and I enjoy, as you know, I enjoy listening to these individuals because they're very knowledgeable. I just want you to understand that you probably, again, having listened to this show, you probably understand that everything that you've heard them say, you've heard me say also. This information exists lots of different places. It's not necessarily new. The unfortunate part is that we still know that there's a large segment of the population that's never going to understand it. Like I said earlier, they're so far down the rabbit hole of lies that there's no way they can pull themselves out. Quick story, 
this exemplifies the entire thing. My dad has a neighbor, my parents have a neighbor, retired university professor. She wears gloves to go get the mail, rubber gloves. She wears a mask. She stopped and talked to my dad the other day, and my dad told me that she said that she is excited to get her next booster shot. Again, you can't fix that person. If you were to tell that person the truth about anything that they've done to themselves, there's, there, there would be no level of comprehension at all. None. Zero. You cannot stick anything to that person regarding the truth and have it, have it stick to them permanently. It would slide right off. There's no helping that individual. So they receive these shots, they go home, and then they mark on the calendar, whatever it is, four weeks, two months, four months, something like that, until their next shot, and then they circle that date. And then they make that appointment, quote unquote, or they just circle the date and then they go in with their vaccine card as proof of when they received their last shot. And then they have convinced themselves because of all of the propaganda that their immune systems are weak because they're not getting the shots. And then they end up dead. This woman will not survive. She just won't. She also told my dad about some family members of hers and all of her kids, her family members' kids have, have gotten quote-unquote COVID now. And they're all, they've, all been, they've all received their shots, and they all can't wait to get their boosters either. You can't fix that. The number of parents that are responsible for the direct murder of their own children is endless. That's a number that cannot be calculated. It just can't. I know it's not an upper, but that's not because it's going to be an upper. I mean, this information isn't going to get better with time. So again, if listening to this upsets people or listening to this does a variety of, of other things, a range of emotions, you know, I'm sorry about that. But preparing the mind for loss is, is, an, important, uh, is an important step to take here. I know, I know it doesn't sound good all of the time, but, you know, the truth will set us free. So, free of a lot of things. I'll end by saying this. This was an anonymous post on greatawakening.win. It says the following, and it's titled the following. I'm now surrounded by sick people. So here's what the post says. It says, quote, so far in 2022 alone, three strokes, two of them weeks after jab, one of them 10 months after jab. Two lost babies in womb, one of them one week after jab, the other the day after. Second woman has been getting sick nonstop. One myocarditis case, 27-year-old male with no prior health issues, one month after second jab. One unknown heart illness, seven months after second dose. One death, four months after jab, labeled COVID. Got sick immediately after jab, never recovered, took second shot while sick. One breast cancer, nine months after second dose. Age range here, 24 to 65. 
And they said, none of this includes the hordes who are constantly getting sick over and over again. Never in my life have I learned or have I heard so many people getting sick, losing babies, having strokes, heart attacks, blood clots, you name it. Never, not this fast. I used to get stories about someone passing or getting extremely sick or heart attack once in a blue moon. It's happening more and more often, unquote. It certainly is. And the leaves are starting to change colors slightly now. And that's the way that it's going to be. And that's what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, I will end with this, however. And this was interesting and it's heart-wrenching, but it is very, very educational. And I enjoyed hearing this story and I'm glad that they told it. And I will link a description of that in the description below also, below the. Canadian ivermectin website. You may recognize this this young woman. She's uh, she goes by the handle What's Her Face on YouTube, and she has a WHF uh, Entertainment. What's Her Face Entertainment is is her YouTube channel, I believe. Um, she made a viral video a year ago, or it could have been even back in 2020 regarding uh, mask wearing and virtue signaling and all of it. It was an excellent video. And then she continued to make numerous videos about what was going on regarding the shots and and people getting sick and trying to make light of particular cultural things and so on and so forth. She tells a uh, a heart-wrenching story of her and her boyfriend getting pregnant, her getting pregnant, not her boyfriend. And um and losing their first child, and then the medical experience of what she experienced with her second child. Her first child was premature, and they lost that child. The second child was also premature, but also but ultimately gave birth to it and is, is perfectly healthy. But the entire story of her entire medical procedure, the hospital experience, so on and so forth, is remarkable. And I recommend that you give it a listen. It's about 43 to 46 minutes long. Again, I'll, I'll link it in the description below. Very educational to say the least. And uh, she makes light and, and jokes about the Canadian healthcare system there and says a lot of Americans and a lot of people seem to think that the Canadian healthcare system is the greatest thing since sliced bread. She openly says that is not the case. It is an absolute nightmare. So with all of that said, check the description below for those links for, the again, the ivermectin and uh, what's-her-face's video, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.